will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction. All right, welcome back, Life After Addiction. You are in season two, and this is episode nine. That's Bruce Stanley. Hello. And I am Adam Comer. And guys, today uh, we're going to talk about, I think every time we talk about very serious things, but today is a very serious matter, very close to home. Uh, and it's it's something that I think people skate around. Not a lot of times it's, it's not discussed a lot uh, with some true meaning, with some true biblical foundation and experiential foundation. Uh, but today... Uh, Pastor Bruce over there, uh, and we've talked about his experience with combat and the military and drug addiction and all those things. Uh, but recently, Bruce was was able to go and speak, and I won't steal his thunder. He can kind of talk about that. But today, we want to talk about PTSD and traumatic things that have happened, and and what that looks like, and um, and yeah, and just kind of talk about it from a biblical worldview and uh, the things that that Bruce himself has experienced. Uh, so, Bruce, why don't you lead us in, man, and just just kind of take it away, and, and let's go from there. Sure. Well, like Adam said, I, this is something that's close to me, very close to me. Um, and I just have had this kind of heaviness in my heart to be able to talk about this because I think it's so needed. And there's yeah. a, there's a, a group of people in the military who struggle with addiction. And many people don't understand why. In fact, there's this really an epidemic that's pretty sad in our country of just homelessness yeah. of veterans, uh, combat veterans, decorated soldiers who come back and they don't know how to live life after the traumatic experiences that they had. Hmm. And so post-traumatic stress, it, that's what I, I have. I have PTSD. And I'm just I'm saying this out loud, which is really a risk because nowadays uh, people – People want to look at you differently, just like addiction when you say you've got PTSD. And it's because of things we hear on the news, people, you know, events that are traumatic and, and, and by the hands of people who, who afterwards we find out it was struggling with PTSD. Right. Planes crashing, schools, you know, you know the thing. I don't need to right. get into it. But that's not common for most people who have PTSD. These people had something else going on with their PTSD that caused them to do these things. Most post-traumatic stress victims, well, don't let me say victim. Nobody's a victim, right? We struggle with these things because it's something that we experience, a traumatic event or a prolonged series of events that um, caused a stress that we can't get past. Mm. And it's caused problems in our life and depression, high anxiety, uh, night terrors, people can't sleep because they keep reliving these things over and over again, or they're just in this hypervigilance mode, a survival mode, kind of, if you will. Yeah. Can't trust people, always backed in a corner, want to isolate. It's just, these are symptoms that I'm talking about that I myself struggle with. And if it weren't for uh, Jesus Christ and and how he moved me from my drug addiction, which was the crutch for these things. Uh, but I, I, I was experimenting with drugs long before I went in the military. This was part of my life anyway, and so it made a lot of sense to me just continue to do it. 
uh, after I went through some things. And I, I struggled with some PTSD from my childhood, not just from combat. Yeah. Some things that sure happened did. to me as a child, which I won't go into detail about, but I, I was I had chose drugs and alcohol from an early age to deal with these types of things, and I just continued to do it after combat. And so I want to speak to these guys. If anybody's listening out there who has had an experience in combat, you're a veteran, or just anybody who has PTSD in general from an experience in life that has yeah. caused these things to happen. It's very real. It's yeah. very real. It's not a mind game. It's not something you talk somebody out of That's right. with therapy. You can help with therapy, but these things are real, and they're devastating to some people where it takes you if it's not kept in check. And so recently I just went and spoke to a group of men at a church in Clarksville, mm. And Clarksville is where Fort Campbell is, the 101st Airborne Division. And so there's a lot of military guys at that church. In cool. fact, I was invited to come speak to this men's group of about 30 guys from a friend of mine who is still active military, Green Beret Special Forces. Wow. And I know this guy because he he found a homeless veteran in another state, and he actually came through our program. Yeah, he brought him to us. He brought him to us. And we've been friends ever since then and stayed in contact and so he asked me to come down there and share my testimony, and I did. And it was a lot of special forces guys, a lot of military guys. Oh, wow. And so I was able to relate to them because of what I've been through and knowing without even saying it what some of these guys are doing to try to compensate for these feelings. And Because when you're active duty, right? I, I had somebody ask me to explain this the other day. What is PTSD like when you're active duty? versus when you're no longer active duty, meaning you've left the military, um, you're no longer active, you're a veteran now. And I said, well, that's a good question because nobody asked me that question before. And here's how I, I, I want to be able to categorize, categorize it correctly. And this is from my own experience. It's not everybody, but this is based on, because that's the only way I can explain this is based on my own testimony, right? But when I was active duty and struggled with PTSD, uh, there, there's this core belief in the military that you, you suck it up and you drive on, right? That you don't really, these things are a weakness to people. And so nobody wants to talk about it. And the fact that you know everybody else is going through the same thing, most likely, if, if you've been in a combat situation with your, your, um, your, your brothers in arms, you know, that it's just not something you talk about because. You're just like, well, everybody else is dealing with this, so I've got to deal with it, you know, and you just suck it up and you drive on. Where, where it really unfolds is is when you're separated from that because you're no longer in the brotherhood of soldiers where you can confide in each other if you if you feel comfortable doing that because you guys all, everybody knows exactly what everybody's going through. Uh, but there's just a way that you go about doing that that's different than when you get separated from that. And the the heaviness that comes on, when you're no longer in that brotherhood and you're suffering from these things and you don't know what to do about it um, and you don't handle it the same way, basically the coping skills are different than when you're active duty than when you're not mm. active duty. Yeah. And so veterans who struggle with this thing, um, it, it's almost like you've been betrayed. So you have this sense of betrayal even though you love and are prideful about your service, and in some cases, maybe you're not. In fact, when I got out of combat, I immediately ETS, which is I separated from the Army, just honorable discharge, and went into college. 
And almost immediately, I felt this separation anxiety mm. uh, from the military because now I'm surrounded by all these college students, civilians, basically, who have no clue about what life was like for me. It was so different for them. And immediately, I just started isolating. I was like looking at people going, you have no idea. You're an idiot. You have no clue what's going on. I can't trust you. I can't trust you. I can't trust you. You know, you guys don't know what's going on in this world. And and with that became an anger actually against the very thing that I was proud to do as a mm. soldier wow. because I felt like I was left alone. I was felt like, and so that wasn't necessarily a justified feeling in that I, I should have felt that way, but that's where I took it. And I just started coping with drugs and alcohol even more now that I was separated because now I'm no longer accountable for doing those things like I was in the military and I could just do whatever I wanted. And, man, the, the reason I talk about this is because it's not a surprise to people when you talk about addiction and PTSD. Mm. It makes a lot of sense why people turn to those things because your body is telling you it needs some relief. Your physical body, your mind, your body, your spirit is saying, I can't handle this, what's going on. I'm not coping well with how I'm doing it. And so I turn to these things for not just instant gratification, but some temporary relief. Even if it's temporary, we talk ourselves into saying, I need this. Like, I have to have this. Otherwise, I'm just going to explode. I'm going to do something nuts, you know? And if you're not seeking therapy, if you're not talking these things out, there's this great organization in the military called, um, which basically works only with combat veterans. And I don't want to tell the name because it's kind of a a thing that you only know of, um, well, I, I guess I should tell about it, but this thing's kind of off the books, meaning they're not keeping records. The military can't tell what they're doing in their counseling session. Nobody knows this information except for you and your counselor because that's one fear of PTSD is that, hey, everybody's out to get me. If people know what I'm going through, they're going to come after me, this kind of stuff. And so they've done this on purpose to be separate from the veterans' uh, medical uh, practices and, and VA hospitals, all these types of things. There's no record of this stuff other than what's on the books of these individuals that you're working with mm. in this program. And um, people need to do that. They need to seek help in these things so they can at least talk about like what's going on in their heads and that know that they're not the only ones struggling with it. And people can help you. In fact, the counselors that work with you in this situation are combat veterans themselves. And so they can relate to what it is that you're struggling because they themselves have, have gone through the same things. And so it's just a safe environment that people can go and seek help in. And one of the things you realize in that is, hey, this this addiction that I'm using as a crutch is this temporary fix, but there is a, a better way to deal with this stuff because this eventually, although you may get by with it for a while and how you're coping, is eventually going to ruin your life yeah. because – that's what addiction does. It comes to rob, steal, destroy, kill. And just like that's the weapon of Satan, you know, is addiction. And um, so I encourage guys, and I speak out wherever I'm given the opportunity to talk about these things because soldiers need to know, veterans need to know, look, there is a way to deal with this stuff. Um, and, you, and look, some, sometimes it takes medication, and God created medicine, Right. I'm just going to admit here on the air, I take medicine for my PTSD. It helps me with my anxiety, helps me with my depression. But I've had to go through a series of different medications to get on the right one 
where I didn't feel mind altered. Right. I feel normal when I take it. I know what it feels like when I'm not taking it, but when I'm taking it, I feel normal. I'm not high. I'm not like disillusioned. I'm not feeling euphoria in any way. It's just I'm on the right medicine and it takes some honesty and a a good doctor to, to walk through that process to get you on. And these things help. They help because God created medicine for a reason. Yeah. And we can use them if we're using it in the right way as prescribed and we're on the medication that doesn't make us high because that's not the point of taking that medication. You're just on the wrong medicine. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so I just want to encourage guys, there's hope. You don't have to choose these things that you're choosing that are just temporary to help you feel better about what you're struggling with. Because if you're honest with yourself, it's not helping anything other than it's creating more isolation, it's creating more separation, it's creating uh, more anxiety and depression because we know that when we use drugs and alcohol, it's just a numbing effect. It doesn't rid ourselves of the problem. It just prolongs it to when we come down again and then that's where addiction sets in. It's like, I've got to do this again to stay in this 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 coping uh, mechanism. And it's just, it's ruining your life. It's going to ruin your life. You can't sustain this stuff. And I'm here to tell you as a combat veteran that I, Jesus Christ has saved me from that way of coping mm. with my PTSD and the things that I struggle with in life, even as a child and, and things I, I experienced in combat, that you can be freed. Just like we tell anybody who comes off the street, you're suffering with addiction, addiction. You can be freed from the way you're coping with your post-traumatic stress in a way that is free indeed. Wow. That Christ has the power to move you um, to a different place, to, to whether you know Christ or you don't know Christ, to, to create a new creature in you that you can survive. You can survive. And not only can you just survive, you can live a life of so much joy and hope. Yeah. And that you right now may not be able to, to, to realize that, but I'm, I'm here to tell you in my testimony that it is possible. And, man, all I do now is try to tell other people about it because that's what God's given me is this testimony that includes yeah. that. I can't deny it. Yeah. And we just talked about testimonies to, last yeah, episode. And how I might be able to help somebody else. If you're listening today and you've got a combat story or you're just struggling with PTSD in general, there is help, not only from the people that you may feel betrayed by, you just have to ask for it. You have to, you have to go out there and you have to tell somebody. And there's a crisis line that you can call yeah. um, for the military. And gosh, I wish I had it on me so and, I could say Another it. thing about their help, I think something crucial to your story is not to give up. Because, it, because Bruce, I just heard you say, man, it was a process to get the medication right. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I don't know how you didn't say how long, but it wasn't. It, it you went through it. You didn't give up. Mm. You saw that Christ gave you hope, and so now they've got it right. And that could have been a year, two years. I don't know how long it was. But so someone entering in the process don't lose hope if you feel droggy or it doesn't help at all or you're altered and you don't want to be altered. Stay in there. Be honest with your doctors. Be honest with the people around you, and stay in it. And there's hope, and that's what I heard, which was pretty cool. Absolutely. And let me just say this last thing because the VA system is frustrating. Yeah. Everybody who's a veteran and uses the VA for uh, anything knows that 
this is a frustrating process. I, I've talked to some people and they're just like so frustrated that they won't even use it anymore. Yeah. And my experience has not been as frustrating as some other people. So it's not always the story for everyone. So you can't blanket that. Yeah. And depending on what town you're in or what city you're in, the VAs are all different. But here's what I say is, is keep trying. Stick with it. There is somebody who can give you some help. But you've got to pursue it. And you have to be honest about it in your suit and, and set aside your your feelings of, of angst and bitterness and resentment and just know that there's hope, that there is a solution and that you can find it. And God willing, you praying to God and he's the one directing your path in all this. He will bring you to a, a resting place. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, Bruce, thank you so much for, one, your service uh, and protection of this country, uh, the greatest country in the world with the greatest military in the world, man. And you took up arms and put your life on the line, man. So thank you. I don't say that enough. But number two, um, man, just thank you for very articulately breaking that down, man. I think that's I think this is going to help a lot of people and it has the potential to help a lot of people. And uh, just the way that you said it, uh, and the way that you you just describe things well, man, and your feelings, you bring it palatable to where people can understand what was going on. And, man, so I thank you with that. And I want to – you got anything else before we close? Yeah, I want to give this hotline number. Yeah. So this is a number that you can call and people are ready to talk to you and understand what it is that you're going through and can give you the direction that you need in finding the help that you need. And so the number is one 800 273 8255 1-800-273-8255 call that line if you need help press one to talk to someone uh, and i encourage you to do that today and again that's for veterans that is for veterans yeah all right bruce thank you so much man what an honor uh, to be able to hear this today and you share your heart and your experience and what god's done in your life uh thank you so much that's life after addiction Amen. Amen. Life After Addiction is a production of S2L Recovery. If you have any questions you'd like answered on the podcast, email them to info at springtolife.net. That's info at spring, the number two, life.net. And for more information on addiction recovery, visit s2lrecovery.org. If you're tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling IKEA furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend Abby and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.